Just one adult, please. It's the Single Ticket Podcast. So welcome to the show. So my name's Alan. I'm Anna. Yeah, and uh, this is the second episode of our podcast. It is. We've made it to episode two. So Exciting. It must be good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're here again um, to talk about our experience of films. Yes. Um, but um, seeing them individually rather than together. Um, and obviously this month, or most of this month, has been about the Leeds International Film Festival. So this has been our primary way of watching films this month. So how's your experience been? Yeah, it's been good. I have to say it's nice to see you. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen you much uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been, it's been great, actually. It's been a really good festival. Really, um, really enjoyed um, the films that I've seen. And... Um, yeah, it's it's been a really good um, good few weeks. So, what's your have you figured out your final count? Because that seems to be a thing at the festival. You need you need to count how many films you've seen more than anything else. Okay, not that many um, <laughs> due to circumstances uh, beyond my control. Not as many as I would have liked to have seen um, or planned to have seen. But the quality of what I have seen has been really good. Yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the quality of that in a bit. Um, I think I made it to eleven in the end. Okay. Um, I missed a couple, as you say, due to other circumstances and public transport dramas, <laughs> which anyone who lives in Leeds will um, fully appreciate, I'm sure. But yeah, no, it was. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the festival. I thought it was really nicely put together. Yeah, I mean, there's one particular strand of the festival you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so every year at the festival, they tend to have a retrospective or kind of concentrate on a certain area of filmmaking. And this year, um, that was around female film editors. Um, So it's a strand called Mother Cutter, um, which is really interesting. So that's a a selection of films programmed specifically um, into the festival because they all had female editors. And Alice, who's the programmer of that strand, um, just did an amazing job selecting films from across the world, across different genres, um, different periods, uh, to bring together, you know, a street, uh, uh, a selection of films um, that reflected the uh, the the filmmaking talent um, and the editing talent of of, of female editors. Um, yeah, so the name Mother Cutter uh, comes from a nickname given to uh, Verna Fields, who was an American film editor, uh, film and TV editor, who worked on a, a number of uh, really interesting films in the uh, American and uh, kind of new cinema, new Hollywood uh, films of the late 60s and early 70s. Okay. She was a real pioneer in the field, and, and she was nicknamed Mother Cutter by the people she kind of mentored and inspired um, in that field of work. And it also sounds slightly rude as well. It does a little so, bit, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny that you picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> but the um the the selections were you know across the board. There were the you know from different um languages, different different areas of the world. Um, not just concentrated on some of the bigger names. Um, it, yeah, really interesting um selection. Um, unfortunately, I didn't manage to see many of the films in the strand. A lot of them I'd seen before. Um, a lot of them I really wanted to see, um, and it wasn't possible because with the festival, you know, things have to be programmed through the day. Yeah. Some of us have jobs and things, and <laughs> yeah. it's really hard. Um, but that's it's unavoidable, really. Um, but yeah, it's just um, really great way of showcasing um, female editors who often are kind of unsung heroes of film. You know, you only notice bad editing, you don't notice good editing. Um, that's true. It only stands out when it's bad. Yeah. Um, but editing is obviously a, a fundamental part of uh, the success of a film, the feel of a film. Um, and yeah, it was great to kind of think about editing in general, but also female editors who often, um, you know, 
a kind of unsung heroes of it. You know, often editing was given to, to women, particularly early on in cinema, because it was seen as a bit of a perfunctory, boring job. Yeah. And actually, it's just like a fundamental part of making that film work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it can work at a perfunctory level, as you say. It can be a pure cut there, because that's the end of the scene, start the next scene here type yeah. approach. But it also ha- it can have a huge amount of artistry to it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, obviously, some of the examples that we saw certainly featured that. Mm. Um, the first film I'm going to talk about actually had a female editor, um, although it wasn't part of the strand uh, formally. It was interesting, I think, obviously we, we talked a little bit about the programming of films mm. and there is a tendency to program a lot of these retrospectives and, and classic films during the day and that, and it's, it's, I understand that mm. um, need, you know, some of the audience may be actually, you know, older and may be available to watch these things during the day. Mm. One thing I, I would like to see is just a little bit of a mix-up so some of those retrospectives were actually later in the evening or tea time kind of thing so that you can actually go to see these films actually during the festival. Some of us youngsters like older films but (laughs) I'm not one of those youngsters anymore let's face it. Um, Young-ish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah so I mean the only other thing to say is that uh, this week's podcast is sponsored by uh, Duke's uh, Donuts and Coffee in Hyde Park. (laughs) Um, informal sponsorship uh, no money has changed hands well it has just we've paid them um yeah um yeah obviously Hyde Park um, is one of the key venues um for the festival um obviously um closing for refurbishment early next year um but we've been taking advantage of it whilst we can to go see as many as we can and um yeah so um they're, they're nearby and uh, they provide excellent vegan donuts and Ice cream and coffee. We, did. we really yeah, enjoyed it. Absolutely, yeah. Donuts yeah. the size of your head. Yes, <laughs> they were so big. Yeah, even I couldn't finish one, which is uh, which is saying something. But yeah, now let's move on and talk about some actual films. Okay, so the first film of this week is something I went to see on Friday the fifteenth. It was uh, the Lighthouse. A much hyped film, I think it's fair to say. Mm. Big buzz from Cannes. Um, not that I'd really picked up on any of this buzz, but you had from your film circles. I had, yeah. People were really excited about this film. So I was pretty jealous that you were going to see it, to be honest. Um, you know, I tried to hide it, but yeah, I, I was a bit a bit gutted it was you that was going to see it, not me. Yeah, um, I have to say, I mean... Um, through circumstances, we we don't often. I think we said this in the first one. We don't often get to the bigger events at the festival. No, the opening galas or the closing galas or that kind of no. thing. But because this was a Friday night, I think it was at eight fifteen. It started or something like that. It was a real event. The yeah. town hall was really busy. Yeah, kind of advertised as sold out. There was a few kind of spaces, you know, a few seats um, near the back, but. It was. It might have been the biggest audience that I've seen a film with, yeah. which is quite an amazing thing to think about, really. Yeah, and I think the festival had a few of those, actually, because obviously Rocks, which is the one I talked about last time, was a big film. But that was the opening film, the opening gala. But the closing film as well, Jojo Rabbit, had a massive audience as well. Yeah, because they actually had two screenings of that, didn't they? Yeah. I was somewhere else watching something else, uh, as is my want on the final day of the festival. But, um, but yeah, so it really felt like a, an event. Yeah, that's good. Real buzz about it. A then. real buzz about it, yeah. And... Um, Considering we're such a big audience, they were actually really well behaved. There wasn't too much shuffling and moving in and out of the space, which is um, difficult when you're using a non-traditional cinema. Yes, this was at the town hall. It's the again. town hall, yeah. so it's a huge space, and obviously a lot of people in there. But yeah, mm. it's it, so sometimes 
the, the doors are quite noisy and things like that you know all these kind of things that you know uh, are kind of compensated for in a, in a regular cinema you have to be kind of conscious of at the yeah, town hall yeah. but but yeah uh, the audience were kind of were absorbed and i can totally see why so so the lighthouse it is shot in black and white mm-hmm. um reputedly shot on 35 millimeter but i when i first saw it, it, it the quality of it looked digital oh, okay which it may just be a very good transfer or um just um, excellent quality in terms of the shots, but yeah, apparently it's shot on thirty-five millimeter, which is becoming rarer and rarer yeah, nowadays, isn't it? it? Um, so yeah, so it's I describe it as a, a dialogue piece, really, in terms of there are two main characters. Um, there's one other character who's identified on IMDb, but um, she doesn't actually have a line in the, okay. in the film. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Although she is quite pivotal to the plot, right? I'm obviously not going to try to give away spoilers because yeah. this it's a really interesting piece and i don't want anybody to go into it having anything spoiled for them yes but um but she does play quite a pivotal role in it even though she has no lines um yeah so so it's starring uh, william defoe and uh, robert pattinson who play the lighthouse keeper and his lackey respectively i think you know defoe is is somebody that you're ex you're almost expecting these kind of performances for mm. nowadays you know he's got a long established reputation for yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, a bit of a character actor, yeah, called upon for these kind of, yeah, the and Willem Dafoe kind of thing. Interesting, on the, on the thing, alternative yeah. type films. But yeah, I have to say I was mildly impressed with Pattinson, actually. Right, okay. Yeah, um, I've heard that from other people who've said they're really impressed with his performance. Very brooding, very kind of clear that there's a lot going on under the surface, which is really interesting. Um, you know, you can certainly say that he's kind of re- been rehabilitated from his heartthrob kind of appearances in those kind of teen teen movies yeah because obviously, obviously that passed me by i'm you know um too i was too old, too old the time for that stuff that kind of that, yeah <laughs> when that happened um i could see why people thought you know that kind of like you say yeah willowy kind of broody teen um might be your kind of thing i don't know but yeah he seems to have matured into you know a good actor yeah yeah so yeah, so this is the second film of Robert Eggers. He also produced it um, and co-wrote it with his brother Max. So you can, it's definitely a kind of an auteur type approach yeah. to it. And really, um, I found it absolutely absorbing. I'm not somebody who is kind of. I know some people are put off by black and white. They kind of, you know, it's kind yeah. of a, um, it feels that they exclude them, but. For me, it created a real sense of atmosphere. Yeah. They kind of, they really took advantage of the light and shade. Obviously, the film is called The Lighthouse and the light plays a, uh, and the maintenance of the light is kind of almost the central aspect of the film, really. Mm. And the kind of the, um, the importance that the maintenance of the light is given by uh, Willem Dafoe's uh, character, how he wants to, how Robert Pattinson's character wants to kind of take that over, if you like, or wants to certainly experience it. That's mm-hmm. kind of one of the central elements of the film. Um, yeah, so I say light and shade is really important in the visuals of it. Yeah. The soundscape of it, uh, which is by a guy called Mark Carvin, who also worked on Egger's debut film, which is called The Witches. Okay. Not a film I've seen, but no. I, it's something I want to seek out now. Yeah. Because he clearly is a very interesting director. Yeah. But yeah, the soundscape was just as important as the visuals. Okay. It really... Um, early on in the film, it was almost entirely dialogue-free, probably for the first five minutes. Oh, okay. There's a lot of water noises and like a Foley artist's dream, you know, kind of <laughs> lots of um, the sounds of them arriving on the island mm. and, and all this kind of thing. It was just very, very immersive, and you were there straight away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of drawn into a, 
a completely different world. Yeah. Which is yeah. obviously a, a challenge when you're in the 21st century and you're trying to pitch yourself in the late 19th century. Yeah, yeah. You know, a kind of isolated kind of um, work that they were doing. Um, yeah, so as I say, probably the most absorbing viewing experience I've had all wow, year, I okay. would say. That's amazing. And um, would you say it's a psychological film? Or what kind of film would you say it is? Because, you know, it sounds u- quite unique, actually, in, in the way it's kind of pitched. Yeah, so I think, actually, it, it, it might be listed in the kind of the phenomenon strand. Yeah. Um, and it does have those kind of psychological elements to it, mm. without question. Um, it's not horror, no. It's it's all about the kind of um, it's all about the, uh, um, their mental state really, and their right. kind of their um, how they cope with the isolation, or right. indeed the so it's the isolation from everyone else, but then their their um, enclosure with each other. Right. Okay. You know, it's the kind of the situation. Yeah. And their kind of uh, the claustrophobia. It's like a, a British sitcom from the seventies, where you've got two blokes stuck together in a, in a in circumstance. Just like that, it, yeah, it was yeah. exactly the same. It's like a remake. No, um, yeah, but it has those kind of those dynamics of um, that they're in a situation that neither of them want to particularly yeah. be in, um, and it's how they cope with it. How they cope with it is actually copious amounts of alcohol, which might be part of it. But um, but yeah, so yeah, so um, just to give a little bit of brief synopsis, um, so it uh, it documents uh, their shift working on the island where the lighthouse is, which was supposedly for four weeks. As I said, I don't want to give any spoilers, but let's just say it didn't quite go to plan. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't just leave after four weeks, not. and it was fine. Oh, yeah, no, okay. no, that, that I don't think that would be quite dramatic enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so it really documents the the dynamics of their human relationship. And also a relationship with the animal kingdom that has a quite a bearing on it. Oh, so, God. so watch out for them seagulls. That's, that's all. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, and it it definitely has elements of the fantastical in it as yeah. well. Um, there's real elements of kind of um, fantasy and science fiction in it as well, okay. to a degree. Um, I have to say, and this may be an issue related to screens at the town hall. I did find myself missing elements of the dialogue. Right. It may be partly the kind of the voices that were being used. Mm. It may be that the sound it escapes out of the town space. hall slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even so, I didn't feel like I'd missed you know anything that was crucial within the film. Yeah, I didn't, missed the odd yeah, word. Didn't change the atmosphere of the film the kind of the, the feeling around it no and, and it was primary for me it was primarily an atmospheric yeah. thing it was an atmospheric piece and yeah it was it was one of those films that you can you sit there at the end and go wow that that oh, was a okay. heck of an experience yeah um so yeah it comes with a massive rec- recommendation for me definitely a five-star film wow okay um yeah for once actually for me the hype is justified on this one um but yeah so it's a yeah fantastic film um i'm not sure when it actually hits cinemas here no um i meant to have a look actually because i want to go see it um when it went to come out and i'm I'm, i'll be interested to see what kind of distribution it gets and um the kind of where it's screened because i think it kind of seems to straddle the almost mainstream um but a little bit art house and i'll just be interested to see where it might show um particularly around here um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see when it, when it does come out and where it's shown. Yeah, I know it's out in the US already, um, but I can't on a quick scan. I can't see any. It's not trying to sell me a ticket to a screening nearby, so mm-hmm. that tells me it's not on at the moment. But yeah. Um, yeah, if you do get the chance to watch it, the critical acclaim is absolutely bang on as far as I'm concerned. It wow. was a fantastic experience. Yeah, brilliant. Great. 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, another, I think, quite a big film um, being shown at the festival. Um, quite a coup, really. It's not out until uh, February over here. Oh, it's definitely got a release date. It's though. got a release date of late February, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm talking about uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a French film from uh, Celine Sciamma, who was the director of Girlhood, amongst other things, which I actually mentioned on the last podcast as well, um, in reference to, to the film I discussed then, which is interesting. Okay. Well, I was so looking forward to seeing this film. Um, I think I was going on about it quite a lot before, um, <laughs> even before the festival lineup was announced. I, I, I wanted to see this film. I was reading up about it, you know, what I'd heard about it. When I saw it was on, I knew I wanted to go see this film, okay. and it was the first thing I, I, I definitely put in our shared calendar about. I want that Saturday night to go see this film. So, so what what kind of things did you heard about the film beforehand? Just say it was an incredibly beautiful, elegant film and incredibly hot, basically. It's a really hot love story. Okay, hot um, love story. Yeah, with elements of kind of other things to it. But yeah, it just it sounded really interesting. And obviously uh, the director's work is really interesting to me. I wanted to see um, what she would do with a period piece um, rather than a kind of, um, you know, more kind of contemporary film. Um, I was really interested to see what she'd do with that period piece. So yeah, it was um, yeah, I was really fascinated to you know, buy it. Um, so yeah, so when I saw it was on the festival, I really wanted to go, and I did. Yes. Again, it was on at the town hall, so it was a big screening, and again, it was it was being advertised as you know almost sold out, and it was really busy, which is great to see. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it is a love story, I would say. Um, but there's more to it than that. It's not a it's not a rom com. Um, you know, it's a drama. <laughs> okay. um, very arty. You know, it was very stylish and elegant, but really fascinating and quite a. Again, there's there's a lot of elements, the psychological to it and the kind okay. of the um, how it displayed desire between people and looking at people. It's about looking and viewing people. Um, and perceptions of people um, and all that kind of thing. Again, it's quite an isolated film in the sense it's a really small cast. Um, right. It's a largely female cast. Um, in fact, there are a couple of men who appear in it briefly, have a couple of lines just to push the narrative forward, but they are in no, of no consequence to the plot. Um, it was absolutely a, a, a woman's film. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it, the way that it... Um, so the film I chose um, had um, no female voices in it whatsoever. Yeah other than in the editing chair. And, uh, yeah, they were, uh, entirely accidentally, the film you chose um, had almost no male voices oh, yeah. in it. Yeah, it's interesting. Almost, almost female. But yeah. Anyway. So um, the, 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 the gist of the plot is that um, there's an, it's the 18th century, it's an isolated island in Brittany, um, and there's a, okay. a, a, a female artist is invited to, to go and paint the portrait of a young woman who is basically being put forward for marriage. So she's a, you know, an, a, of noble... Origins. A society, a society lady, lady yeah. um, young lady, is being put forward by her mother to marry a bloke who lives in um, Italy, and obviously okay. she has to have a portrait painted to give to him, to so he can have a look at, her, uh, like you did in those days, you know, early Tinder kind of thing, <laughs> um, you know, swipe left or right, whatever on on the portrait. So Marianne is the the name of the artist, and she's 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 um, she's drafted into this isolated house, big house on an island. Um, to to kind of come and paint the portrait of this this young lady who does not want her portrait painted. Um, she has not allowed previous artists to see her to sit, you know, to sit. Okay. For the portrait, so it's it's quite a difficult situation. So the mother, um, suggests that Marianne paint her in secret, 
So she's been drafted in um, and has told her daughter that Marianne is a, a, a companion for her because she's very, you know, it's just her and her mum on this in on the the maid servant in this big house. She's lonely. She, you know, she kind of wants to um, go out and explore the beach and the, the you know, all this kind of thing. Um, also, she's lost her sister recently in mysterious circumstances. So there's this element of what's happened there. And okay. Sort of kind of. So yeah. So Marianne is brought in to be a companion to take her on walks along the beach and that kind of thing. Um, but during those walks. What she does is she she's looking at, at um, this young woman to try and um, capture those memories of her image that she then paints in secret um, when she gets back to the house at oh, night. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, really interesting. So, do, do you see those scenes where she's doing the portrait? You do. Yeah, you, oh, you see well, it kind well, of being constructed. So it's really interesting how she kind of she's captured that, but the way she looks at. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm not great with my French pronunciation of Eloise, which is the name of the young lady. Okay. Yeah. Neither am I, so that'll do. Okay, that, that'll do. That fine? All right. That'll do. Um, yeah, the way she looks at her is really intense, and I think she then interprets that maybe differently to how it was suggested, but maybe not. You know, there's obviously a, a connection between these two young women which grows, um, and it grows into a, a, um, a love affair between them. Um, but it's the intensity of the way that they look. She looks at her, and the and the glances back, and it's um, it's really interesting because she's always glancing and trying to see her, but Heloise never lets her see her, even on those. You know, she's always one step ahead, even when they're walking along the beach. She's always ahead of her. She's always, it's like she's just she's transient and she can't yeah. can't capture. And and that is the real feel of the film as well. Is it? You don't know what's going on in this young woman's mind. You don't know. It's like a snapshot of this, you know, short, intense relationship between the two of them, you know, and then it becomes a three-hander. Uh, the, the mother goes off um, travelling somewhere um, and then it's just them two and the maidservants and they the three of them come together in like a little kind of mini kind of band of, of kind of sisters, you know, kind of um, through circumstance. And it's just, for most of the film, it's just the two of them or the three of them. Mm kind of you know in in this situation this really isolated situation um but just kind of really um building a real bond between them um it's just really interesting kind of real female the concentration on female bond and female connection relationships yeah through through that film um yeah really compelling compellingly told um really beautifully told I mean, it's a beautiful film to look at it's gorgeous you know there's a lot of kind of uh, the camera you feel like you're a voyeur yeah you know because the camera's looking you're looking you are looking as well you're snatching those glances of of her you see you know where she's kind of when she's touching her neck or her face yeah. and you kind of you feel you're spying on them and looking you know furtively yes at her you feel you're part of that it kind of it's um it really, is a good word yeah yeah it's very it's quite an erotic film yeah um it is a 15 so you know it's kind of it's um, very elegantly told but the, the relationship does unfold and you know on the screen you know they, they do build that relationship between them that 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 love between them but it's beautifully done and um yeah it's it's very erotic and very kind of um very hot do you, you know? think it's tailored for that kind of by making it you know because it would have been easy to make it a more explicit and make yeah. it a, a, an 18 type certificate do yeah. you think that's a deliberate step in terms of trying to in terms of the marketing and the targeting of the film to actually encourage a 
slightly younger audience to kind of come to it and actually appreciate that yeah, yeah. The, the complexities of that relationship yeah it's a love story you know yeah. and everyone should see it because it, it doesn't matter that it's two women you know it could be any anybody as long as you're not 14 a, or under as long as you're not 14 or under you're allowed to see it um <laughs> yeah it's um it's just a really compelling beautifully told love story it's a story of desire it's it's an intense love yes. it's a um a sexual love you mm-hmm. know it's, it's it's very very intense and as i say that desire is very obvious mm-hmm. um and the way the story is told it is very um it kind of builds that feeling um but yeah i really loved it i was um it, it was wonderful it was um really lovely the way that it unfolded um and beautifully acted um really beautifully shot um yeah i just it it, it was mesmerizing I, I would say um yeah really really interesting film um, and yeah, it lived up to my expectations, definitely. Well, that's two out of two on the living up to expectation front this week. Um, we can't always promise that it's going to always be that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you know we 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 have seen some more um, challenging and and uh, uh, less brilliant films this festival, mm-hmm. but it's, it just so happened that these two were great candidates to talk about because they they're going to have quite large releases kind of in, in the UK hopefully, hopefully yeah. um, and certainly that there will be um, they'll certainly be able to um, for listeners to actually go and see them um, outside of a festival setting yeah because no, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of French cinema you know I'm, I'm, um, and I just wish that more people went to see French films there's a, there's a wonderful absolute um, top quality um, to the output that, mm. that, you know um, and we, we only scratch the surface over here of actually yeah, what, do. what's done over there you know the way they construct their film industry and the way that they, they you know the number of french films that are on release over there you know they they really invest heavily in their in their cinema and um we only yeah say we only scratch the surface but if you can see this one it's an it's a wonderful example of a great quality french cinema you know it, it shouldn't put people off to go see a, a, a french language film it's it's a beautiful um, period piece it, it, it's lavish and, and wonderful and people should see it and not be put off by that and hopefully it, the distribution of it will reflect that and not the fact it's you know in a different language and the yeah. subtitles well, i was going to say this to the two films this week one with subtitles one in black and white that's kind of um a bit of a no-no for some people in, in some cases but hopefully not for the people who are interested enough to listen to this podcast yeah um yeah so it's i mean i'm looking forward to when we actually get some french farce Films yes. coming over here. <laughs> yeah, they're few and far between, aren't they, when they actually get released? <laughs> but wonderful of themselves. Yes, of course. Right, brilliant. So, um, need I ask what score you gave it on the on the tape sheet? Oh, five. Five. Yeah, definitely. Five, obviously. Yeah. And I kind of sat there afterwards for a, for a while as people were leaving, just kind of reflecting. The ending was just amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. It was one of those, you know, you're just like, wow. Great. Well, that sounds like a recommendation to me. So, another show draws to a close. Yeah, how was it for you? It was really good, I really enjoyed it, yeah, again. Um, obviously, the um, festival has drawn to a close. Um, so, yeah, so it's now opportunity to... Back back to your regular scheduled programming. Yeah, so we'll have to get our diaries out and see uh, when we... <laughs> when we what, what the next thing is we're going to see. Take it in turns. As we mentioned at the beginning, Hyde Park Picture House... Um, it's closing early next year. I don't have an exact date, but yeah, so it's closed for refurbishment. It's yes, opening not, again. Yes, it's, they've, they've gained some lottery funding, which is a wonderful thing that they can uh, refurbish and, and make more of the space that they have there. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it's a wonderful uh, community cinema. 
Yeah, go- Google it if, you, if you're not in Leeds and you haven't been um, lucky enough to experience it. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, and, and if you can make it before it um, temporarily closes, uh, experience it in its original mm-hmm. uh, glory, then, then then please do. But yeah, we'll, um, I'm certainly going to try to make a couple of films there before the close of the yeah. year if I can. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back to talk about some films uh, that we don't know what they are yet. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back uh, in the next week or so to talk about that. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Single Ticket is proudly made with Anchor. You can visit the show at anchor.fm slash single dash ticket where you can listen to all our episodes. Uh, the podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and lots more podcast players.